welcome to the Smart Strength Training Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Vincent. Now, for me, this podcast is a place that I get to dive a little bit deeper into specific topics. I get asked a lot of questions online, and social media is a place that it's really hard to go into any nuanced detail. Everyone just wants sound bites and snippets of information. And a lot of the time that leaves out all the nuance and the important elements of the topic. So for me, this podcast is a place I get to do exactly that. I get to delve into your questions and really popular topics to give you as much information as possible. And today's topics are diets, specifically crash diets. Are they inherently bad? And if you're in a diet and you're in a caloric deficit, is staying in a deficit for a while, a sustained period of time, bad? Why is it bad? And what could be the repercussions to your metabolism? Could it somehow break your metabolism? So let's delve in. First topic first, crash diet. So what is a crash diet? Of course, a crash diet is any period of time where you use very restrictive behaviours to reduce the amount of energy that you consume. So you could be tracking your energy intake through some sort of app to reduce your total calories. You could restrict whole macronutrients, usually carbohydrates, and of course, also fat. And you could be doing some sort of fasting protocol. You're doing time-restricted feeding. Um, Some fasting protocols have come down to four to two hours worth of feeding window. And you can do popular things like juice cleanses or detoxes. All of those things effectively do exactly the same thing. They all reduce the total amount of energy that you consume to a very low level. Now, is that bad? So it's certainly not sustainable. Well, the thing I think it's really important to point out when it comes to the goal of weight loss. So for most people, weight loss actually isn't the goal, even if you think that is your goal. What you really want is to stay weight stable, having lost that weight. So by going into a restrictive format of eating, you're not really learning anything about how are you going to maintain your new body weight after that diet phase has finished. And of course, for anyone that's got any disordered eating behaviors, it's not really smart to go into very restrictive and crash style dieting. And when People crash diet, they generally end up with quite a poor relationship with food and it can lead to things like binge eating. But can they work? Yeah. Yeah, in the short term, they can work. Certainly if you look at research, and there's a lot of research on on short interventions are very, very, let's say, aggressive. In the short term, they seem to work. And when I say short term, maybe one to six weeks. And then the reason I'm sort of hesitant to go any further is what we start to see in more longitudinal research, anything over six weeks, adherence starts to really become a major issue as people struggle to stay eating at that low energy intake. And generally what you find across more longitudinal research, 16 weeks, people start off okay, struggle to stick to that low caloric intake, and then gradually over the course of the last, for six weeks, their energy intake's increased. So the end of a 16-week phase, you often see very equivocal total weight loss, not because there's something wrong with going in very low on energy intake around it. It doesn't work. It's just not possible to stick to that. So adherence becomes a major issue. Um, But again, for people that have quite 
a small amount of weight to lose, then yeah, I mean, it could be really sensible to do short, focused periods of restrictive intake to lose that little bit of body fat, maybe two to four kilos. But for anyone with more robust weight loss goals than that, it's probably not going to be the smartest thing to do. And also, like I've touched on, any previous history of eating disordered or disordered eating habits, um, people that have a history of yo-yoing, because of course, crash dieting does often lead to periods of binging or overeating, um, or anyone you know with a more robust weight loss goal, they are people that probably don't want to go down this route of crash dieting, uh, because you want to create sustainable habits that you can stick to long term. And a crash diet never, ever teaches you that. And just always going back to it's really not weight loss that we're looking for. It really is this idea of saying weight stable at the end of a successful weight loss phase. So can you diet for too long? So obviously, if you've got quite a bit of weight to lose, that means that you're going to have to be in a, a longer weight loss phase. So the question is around, if I stay in a weight loss phase too long, is there going to be some sort of damage to it, my metabolism or any major issues? So I think one of the main things, because I've already touched on it, is if you try and stay in energy deficit for a long period of time, adherence is going to be one of the major things that people struggle with because hunger becomes a massive, massive issue. Decreases in performance and mental clarity become a major issue too. And here's why. So when we think of being in an energy deficit, thinking about bringing our energy intake through food down below the amount that I need for the movement day to day. So I'm coming into a reduction in total energy intake. If I do that and it's not too large, then I'm just in this energy deficit. But if I sustain that for a long period of time, or I come a bit too low with my energy intake, then I start to run into issues with low energy availability. And that's where you start to notice loss of libido, brain fog, reduction in performance, irritability, lots of things that occur while staying in low energy intakes. And if you are able to sustain that, and let's say you push exercise activity up through running and events and that kind of thing, then you can come into some issues with relative energy deficiency in sport, REDS, what used to be called the female athlete triad. Uh, and there's more serious repercussions and symptoms like uh, a marina, uh, loss of your menstrual cycle. So it becomes very, very apparent when you start to push the envelope a bit too much with your caloric deficit or you stay in it too long. What I would generally say is most people will have adherence issues or they'll start to notice the, the draining effect of being in a diet effectively. But let's come back to that conversation around adherence. I do think for a lot of people, adherence will be a major issue. Now, not just because of the hunger and everything else. Some people are very good at sort of focusing and pushing through that. I think practically most people's lives won't allow it to go on too long. We have holidays, we have significant events, weddings, that sort of thing that generally will get in the way. So staying in that low energy intake is probably unlikely because naturally life will dictate periods where we just have to eat a bit more because of social occasions. And that's actually a really, really good thing. So let's go back to this idea of like, what does happen if we continuously lose weight? So I think when you talk to people just generally about weight loss, the expectation is, yeah, I'm losing weight. This is great. I'm losing body fat and everything's wonderful. But are you? 
are you actually losing body fat? And it is really important to define the difference between weight loss and fat loss. Because weight loss could be, you could be losing stored sugar, glycogen. You could be losing water. Of course, temporarily, you could have things like loss of stool or passing stool through the bowel. But of course, you can also be losing muscle tissue. If you're not eating enough energy and your body's having to turn to stored energy to fuel movement, it makes logical sense that you've got more than one option. It hasn't just got to be fat that goes, I could be breaking down lean muscle at the same time. So if I spend a significant period of time at a reduced energy intake, it stands the chance that I could be losing or I will be losing a decent amount of muscle mass at the same time. Now, I'll do a whole episode on how you can mitigate that and how you can train specifically to try and make sure that doesn't happen. But recognizing that not all weight loss is going to be fat loss. And this is where the conversation around metabolism starts to become quite important. So what is metabolism? Because metabolism gets sort of, this word gets thrown around and it's a very, very complex topic. But I'm going to stay within the context of this podcast episode, which is weight loss. So therefore, when we're thinking about metabolism, we're thinking about the total energy required by the human body to fuel all chemical reactions internally that sustain our life. So that's brain, liver, kidneys, muscles, anything that requires energy. So breaking food down in your stomach requires energy. Every single thing we do day to day requires energy. So the amount of energy we use day to day is I guess, our metabolism. Or you could think of this as your total daily energy expenditure. Now, if I have lost certainly a significant reduction in lean muscle mass, then because muscle is metabolically active, if I've got less muscle on me, I'm going to have less energy or my body needs less energy to sustain this life, my, my, my body. And just also recognizing on that as well. So I've got less metabolically active tissue because I've lost some muscle mass. But let's just say also that if I've lost 10 kilos of overall body weight, and now I'm going for my runs and my walks and playing with my kids, a 10 kilo lighter framed human being requires less energy at rest just to sustain that body. Obviously, I'm more agile. I doesn't take as much energy to propel this body mass around. So not only does a, a reduction in total body weight reduce the amount of energy you need at rest. With that, if I've also lost some muscle mass, I then will need even less energy at rest. But both those two things are very normal and measurable. I think sometimes when people think of metabolism, there's like this idea that it's something magical. But a lot of these reductions in metabolic activity and total daily energy expenditure are very normal and they are very logical because of what's occurring. So a lighter frame human being takes less energy to sustain life. Less muscle tissue also means you're losing part of the meta- uh, the higher metabolically active tissue. Both those two things are fairly consistent with weight loss. Um, doesn't necessarily mean your or doesn't mean that your metabolism is broken. And then people slide in the conversation around adaptive thermogenesis. So the two things that I just stated are very, very normal and measurable. We then have on top of this something called adaptive thermogenesis, which is then when the body downregulates function because of weight loss. The human body is very, very good at adapting to the stresses we place upon it. So if I've not been eating enough fuel for a sustained period of time, my body gets very, very efficient at managing 
my body under less fuel. Part of that's very straightforward. I might fidget slightly less. I might just generally move slightly less, but the body is also able to downregulate further to manage low energy intakes. So it is smart to not lose weight too quickly and to make sure I don't have too much muscle loss, but also a slower rate of weight loss also means you'll have less of the adaptive mechanisms around adaptive thermogenesis potentially working against you. But I think it is worth stating that when you look at the research into adaptive thermogenesis, it's never as bad as some people like to make out. Depending on your overall body weight, the rate in which you lost weight, how aggressive you were at it, it might be something like 50 to 250 calories per day, which is a decent amount. But it's not so significant that someone couldn't then lose weight after they hit their target goal, uh, their goal weight. But I think it's worth pointing out that those three things will sit together. Reduction in total body weight will sit alongside a reduction in overall muscle mass and then some adaptive thermogenesis um, and those adaptations. So we're recognizing there are layers of complexity to this. But once again, this is all normal and it's not like it's something that is something special. It is very much aligned to just how the body is. It's very efficient. Uh, I think it's also worth stating at this point that we always have hunger in this model as we're bringing energy intake down and we're working with certainly forms of training where we're utilizing more energy going for runs that you generally find people have this big conversation around struggling to, to maintain hunger. The body is always just trying to fight this and maintain some levels of homeostasis is why I think a lot of the time the conversation comes back up to, is it even possible? Are you going to be able to adhere to it? But I think the primary takeaway, because the conversation started around like crash diets, are they smart thing to do? Maybe in the short term, but to try and make sure you're not losing too much muscle mass, going about it at a slower rate is more sensible. To try and make sure that you're not having this adaptive thermogenesis kick in and the um, the negative repercussions of that, a slower weight rate of weight loss is a more sensible thing to do. Appreciate that going into low energy intakes does make you fight a lot of your body's natural internal mechanisms. So it is very hard to do so. Um, and I think I sort of touched on it, but I think what's really, really important to recognize is just strategically as you're going through a weight loss phase, knowing that you don't want to be in there too long, knowing that adherence is a major issue, having strategic periodic diet breaks, and I'll go into diet breaks in more detail on a later episode, but giving yourself periods where you bring energy intake up, maybe managing that around a birthday or a wedding, or obviously Christmas is coming up, so it could be aligned to Christmas, is a really smart way to create period of time, six to eight weeks, where you have a focused diet block, having a week off effectively, and I'll definitely discuss it in a uh, later episode, what that actually means as far as off, before going back into the next diet phase. I think that's a much more sensible, much more sustainable way to go about weight loss. So hopefully there was some snippets in there that were useful, bits that you could take away, maybe put into practice in your own diet and that's it for my first episode of the smart strength training podcast